Welcome to Five Star Company Culture with your host, Josh Cunningham. In this podcast, we explore how culture is the key to unlocking massive profits and unprecedented freedom. Discover insights, strategies, and inspiring stories to transform your life and business. Here's your host, Josh Cunningham. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Company Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cunningham, the founder and CEO here at Five Star Company Culture, also the founder and CEO of Rockerbox, which is the premier ISA solution for real estate professionals from coast to coast to help them identify more motivated buyers and sellers from their internet leads. I've got another great guest for you today, another fellow entrepreneur, someone who is actually very near and dear to me. I've known him for quite some time. Uh, he's a local entrepreneur here in College Station, Texas, and uh, I'd love to welcome onto the show Peter Madden, a restaurateur and 40-year survivor of the restaurant industry. He's owned several different restaurants from fine dining to fast casual. How's it going today, Peter? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Certainly. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Uh, so, Peter, why don't you kind of give everybody here a little background on your history in entrepreneurship and being a restaurateur and, uh, you know, sort of share some of that, that wealth of experience that you've got. Great. Uh, so it's 40 years of experience. And so I'll try to sum it up as quickly as I can, but, uh, got my first taste in high school working at Domino's pizza of all places. Uh, and it was great. You know, like I learned a lot about myself, like, um, namely that I'm a hard worker, uh, I'm, I'm focused when it comes to to working in kitchens. Uh, most importantly, though, I thought I think I uh, I learned the value of my own independence and my own worth and and how to make my own money. Um, and so I loved working there. It was a great experience for I think it was about a year uh, right before I left uh, for college and then came up here to Texas A&M and thought I was going to be a veterinarian. And so I was a biomedical science major and uh, immediately got a job in the restaurant business to help support my my uh, college tuition. And um, it just, you know, it was a different experience this time because it wasn't like a Domino's pizza. It was in a real restaurant. And I was a salad bar attendant, but um, I quickly just applied that same work ethic um, to doing that that I was doing at, uh, at the pizza place. And um, you know, quickly became evident, not to only to myself, but to my bosses that I was, you know, good at it. And so I, I kind of moved up into the ranks or through the ranks and became a manager. And um, it quickly started to kind of overtake my life. Um, but from my perspective, it wasn't in a bad way. Like I was loving it. You know, I love the dynamic nature of, of the restaurant industry. I loved the camaraderie in the kitchen. I loved the pressure to to produce or the pressure to to succeed at at getting from one one point to the next, and so I was thriving in that, and um, you know ended up suffering uh, in academics because of it. Uh, but you know it made me kind of refocus my thoughts and and move more toward the restaurant industry and away from becoming a veterinarian or whatever else might have been in my future. Uh, and so I ended up kind of pursuing going to culinary school, which I did. And um, after that, I came back to College Station because my mom's from here. I had a lot of family here and had made a lot of connections here, friends and things like that. And started working at uh, Cafe Excel, if you remember that place. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
and um, became the chef there after culinary school and kind of did some other things here and there. And then in 2004, had the opportunity to open a restaurant in downtown Bryan, which I did. And that was my first uh, crack at ownership. So right at 20 years ago. Um, and that was Madden's Casual Gourmet, which was more or less a fine dining place. Uh, <clears throat> and then after doing that for several years, the wife and I started having children and started thinking like, is this the life for us? You know, like it's very demanding on my time. I tell people I'm a little bit like a, uh, like an alcoholic, you know, it's, it's probably best for me not to go into a restaurant as a worker because it's going to consume me in the same way that maybe uh, alcoholics shouldn't go into a bar because the temptation to <laughs> imbibe is a little too strong. And so for me, it's like, I need to, it's either all in or not at all for me. And so we started thinking about ways for me to kind of curtail that that draw so that I had more time for being a husband and father. And that's when we developed the concept for Matt Taco, thinking that, you know, pulls me away from being the face of the of the business, um, pulls me away from being the chef. Um, and so we we pursued that and that went well. And uh, we had aspirations of overtaking the taco world um and uh we're moving kind of toward that some uh, until until covid happened and then uh covid kind of knocked us back a bit and has kind of led to this transformation of 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 exiting the restaurant industry as an owner operator and moving into consulting which is what I'm starting to do now as of January 1st so have a couple of small clients, uh, but I'm excited to to help others avoid pitfalls and do better than I did. So that's exciting. So you know, one of the things you'd mentioned here was uh, your first position you had was at Domino's. Now we all know what Domino's Pizza is, right? So nationwide, I would imagine international franchise now. Uh, and you know, I can remember back to my first job that I had. I was working at Best Buy, and you know, it's interesting in being a small business owner how you can take some of those lessons that you learn from such a giant operation, you know, this, this international franchise uh, and namely the systems and processes that they have in place that makes their product and their experience, you know, very predictable and duplicatable, no matter whether you're in North Dakota or North Carolina or, you know, New Hampshire, it doesn't really matter. You should expect sort of the same type of results. So I know I had a little bit of that in, in, in my, you know, resume before I started, you know, running small businesses. Um, talk to me a little bit about how those systems and processes were important to you as well as you, you know, went from not only fine dining, but fast casual, you know, what were some of the importance of having those predictable, duplicatable systems and processes in your business? Yeah. So, you know, Domino's Pizza was 40 years ago for me. So I'm not going to remember every, I was 16 years old. <laughs> you know, it's my first job. I, I didn't know a mission statement uh, or a process from a hole in the ground. Uh, but I can I can reflect back on the training a little bit uh, and some of the things that we had in place that you know were key uh, <clears throat> key operations uh, key to operations that helped everyone do their job better. Unfortunately for me, that was the only corporate job I ever had, and so everybody else I worked for was mom and pop uh, owners of restaurants and things like that, and so I didn't. After I left Domino's, I never 
experienced processes or systems the way that I I did at Domino's or the way that I I envision them now. Uh, lucky, luckily for mm -hmm. me, I'm a pretty organized guy, and so when I started running my own kitchens, I started unknowingly putting in processes and and systems in place to help me do my job and to help my staff do their job. And so for me, it was more like out of necessity, I need to build this out. Like, how do I order effectively order groceries? Well, you know, let me let me make a checklist of all the groceries and let me categorize them in a certain way so that it makes it easier and more efficient for me to place this order. Well, how am I going to get this person to make this dish exactly the way that I made it? Well, let me create this recipe and how to make it. And even some instances, even images and pictures of, of how to do these things. And so over time, I had kind of grown to to rely on processes and, and systems to help make the place function more efficiently and at a higher level. Um, and until I got into EO, uh, Entrepreneurs Organization, which you and I share as, a, as, as members, um, I didn't really didn't really know like that there were formal ways to to look at processes or to um <clears throat> look at things like uh core values as a way to kind of guide guide your your team and your business and so um i think i think in retrospect it would i would like to have experienced working in corporate america a little bit more to kind of get some of that stuff because they're experts at that right like they've got it mm -hmm. down to tea franchises and things like that and how to how to how to duplicate and and get everything cookie cutter and unfortunately i i was more like the guy with the scissors trying to you know clip everything to make it cookie cutter uh and as opposed to having that background yeah and you know for for the the team to be able to know what the expectations uh and the standards are for their role in the in the company I mean that that definitely alludes to their their happiness, right? Their performance level, their yeah. excitement for showing up every single day and knowing what are the expectations. Am I measuring up to those expectations? And therefore, am I am I good or bad at my job? Am I enjoying my job? So, yeah. you know, what are some other ideas or or strengths that you've uh, been able to lean on in the past um, to help create that 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 culture within the organization where people love to show up to work? They love to, you know, have a passion for the food that they're creating, the experience that they're delivering to the customers. What would you say has been some of your other strengths that you leaned on? So, so what I'll say is, first is that regardless of what someone might think, no one really wants to come to work and do nothing, right? They want to be productive. They want to utilize their skills, whatever that skill set is. And so to think that people don't want structure and organization is, I think, a mistake. Um, so um, my years of ownership, you know, giving, giving, empowering my employees to, to come in and, and uh, kind of do for themselves, like, hey, you know the system, here's the process, come in and don't wait for me to tell you because I might not be there, uh, but empowering them to, to kind of run the day uh, according to standards is something that I think has has been helpful um, for me and my team. And then, um, you know, when I first started learning about, um, you know, core purpose and core focus and things like that, you know, I, I, I implemented EOS um, in my business about three and a half years ago. I started that process and, you know, it was really fun to kind of figure out who who we were from that perspective. You know, like it was easy to just say we're Matt Taco. 
and we serve tacos and I'm the owner. And so be like me, you know, but mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not really a direction. And so when we started cultivating who we were going to be kind of on paper and what our purpose was and what we wanted to achieve, it became fun and interesting, you know, so, so one of the things that we did that I think was extremely helpful is we added imagery to our core values. And so instead of, instead of just saying, well, we want to have integrity, you know, which is, you know, ambiguous, um, we, we um, change it to moral like Captain America, because I'm a huge Captain America fan. I love, he's my, I'm always battling with my kids. I'm like, no, 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 we like Iron Man. I'm like, Iron Man's cool, but Captain America is the man. You know, like, <laughs> he's got it all. You're like, I knew he was going to be able to pick up that hammer because he's a stud, you know? Yeah. And so, um, more like Captain America. And then we've got some bullet points that go with that. And, and then I have a personal story that goes with each of our core values. Um, and then we were cultivating other people to have like, how has this core value impacted your life? And even in our, even in our um, interview process for new employees, the, our, our interview questions are, are based around our core values. And so who, you know, who do you identify with? What superhero do you identify with? And we don't need them to identify with Captain America, but if they identify with one of the villains, then maybe they're not <laughs> a good core value fit for us, you know, um, because most superheroes, Superman, you know, they all have a moral compass that is similar to Captain America. Um, and so we've got busy as bees as, as kind of a, you know, work hard, work excellent, you know, achieve excellence. Uh, mad mom mentality was, you know, kind of being service like a mother, you know, sacrificing um, to on, on behalf of others in your life. Um, and so we created all these image, images so that people could say, oh, I'm going to be busy as a bees. And we would call it out, you know, like, hey, that's you're being busy as a bee. Appreciate that. Or letting them call out their peers. Um, and so I'll tell you a personal story and why the moral like Captain America was important to me. And this was a story of for um, that we would give at kind of a quarterly update, kind of a state of the union address for our business and uh, and and for new employees. And, and so when I uh, had Madden's, my sous chef, which is an assistant chef, he he left something burning on the burner overnight at mm. the kitchen and when i came in the next morning at uh 7 a.m i opened the back door and smoke was pouring out mm. something had burned and was was burning and so i went in and found the issue and turned off the fire opened all the doors you know put in fans and blew out all the smoke now for those of everybody that's not not going to know what madden's was but it was inside of a, a home decor store and so there was a lot of linens and pillows and lamps and lots of fabric. And so that smoke had escaped my kitchen and gone into the whole store. So lots of damage, right? To Because, wow. you know, you can't, nothing got burned, but the smoke got into everything. So I, uh, I had a meeting with the, the landlord who also owned and operated the store and told her what had happened, but I kind of lied a little bit to to make myself look less incompetent. Mm -hmm. And um, and she was fine with the story that I told her, and it wasn't far from the truth. I just made it seem like it was more of a thing that happens as opposed to negligence. Mm -hmm. And so uh, after we had that meeting, I went went about my our day, kind of cleaning up and. Um, 
it was just eating at me all day that I had told that lie. And that night, you know, went home and, you know, just tossing and turning, just restless. And, and so the next morning I called her and said, can we meet again? And I, I just fessed up and told her exactly what had happened. And immediately I was relieved that I had gotten that out. And I remember telling myself, I don't want to ever be on the wrong side of that again. Mm -hmm. And so integrity and, and just having a, a stronger moral compass became important to me. And I wanted it to be a part of how we operated our businesses, whatever business I'd ever be in, I would, I would want to operate from that, from that point of view. And so again, the imagery and things like that, and then having stories to go with it really kind of helped bring some cohesion to the team and trying to find those people that match those, those values for us. Another one was generosity. Uh, we called it closet Santa. Mm -hmm. and, um, um, giving people that imagery and those bullet points and, and having, having the quarterly conversation with them about, you know, what all that means to us and what it means to them, I think strengthened the bond and helped everyone to kind of work um, as one, I think. That's great. I really appreciate you sharing that story. I, I, you know, one of the things I always say is your core values aren't just something that you, you know, put in the employee manual and you, you quiz them on the first day and then they just, go go to the wayside you know or it's not just some cute graphic that you, you put up on the wall and then you know as an outsider i, I come into a business and say hey what, what are your core values they're like oh yeah what, what was that what was that thing that we were supposed to memorize that one time like core values should be something that you live and breathe each and every day and and, and you'll know if they exist because you'll see them in action and uh, i love that you actually associate images with those core values because that is a really great way to teach and to learn and retain information is in images you know if, if i talk about you know a, a, some type of three-step system you know it's hard to mem memorize just the three steps but if i say oh there's the golden triangle of blah 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 well everybody knows what a triangle looks like right it has three yeah. points on it you know and so being able to teach in images helps people retain that information and again these core values aren't just something that you want people to you know, memorize, but you want them to come to life. You want them to see them happening each and every day. You know, one of the things that we do on a day in day out basis here at Rockerbox, we have a shift huddle that begins every single, every four hours, we have a new shift come in. And the first step of that huddle is recognition. It's giving everybody an opportunity to recognize one another for living by the core values. And so, um, you know, we have the, these little magnets, there's five core values. We have these five different colored magnets and each color is associated with a different core value. And it's funny because at one point in time, it had, it had kind of gotten a little lazy and people were like, yeah, I want to recognize Peter, you know, cause he came in, you know, he came in the rain yesterday and showed up, he was soaking wet and he put in a really good, you know, effort and just uh, had a great shift. And we're like, oh, what value is that? Oh, it's the blue one. Like, oh, hold on now. It's, it's not the blue one, right? It's, it's we possess the mindset of a champion. So we very quickly, it's like, all right, it's gotten a little loose here. We need to make sure that we get things back on the right track here because a core value isn't just the blue one. It's, it's we possess the mindset of a champion. So we need to know that we internalize those and memorize those and live those out each and every day throughout, um, you know, the day-to-day -day grind. And, um, you know, you also alluded to, you know, nobody wants to just show up to work and do nothing. You know, I mean, there may be some people out there that do, sure. but those aren't the type of people that you want to bring into your organization. Yeah. Um, Top-notch A-team players, you know, they don't want to just show up and twiddle their thumbs all day long. And so you've provided, you know, 
purpose and meaning in the work that you do. And you've, you've painted the picture as a visionary of this is what we're wanting to accomplish as a whole. Uh, and I love how you've got those, those specific interview questions. Do you have any other examples of interview questions that related to the core values and how you would kind of pull that, that response out of the, the, the candidate? Um, yeah, so we would, we would ask, so for the generosity question, we would ask, uh, things like, um, what's the most generous thing anyone's ever done for you mm. and, and then vice versa, what have you done for somebody and, um, <clears throat> trying to just get people to think about what they could do as much as what has been done or what they have done. Um, and then, um, on the service side, um, you know, that one was a little bit difficult and we actually were, were toward the end of, of, of owning Mad Taco. We were actually talking about re revamping that one. Cause I had wanted to call it mad mom mentality, mm -hmm. but some of my staff, my leadership team were letting me know that, you know, not everybody has a mom and they don't really relate to that and, mm -hmm. you know, different moms and stepmothers and, and things like that. And so, we started looking at a way to, to change it. And, you know, we had mad taco was the name of the, the business. And, and we thought about changing it to mad ass service, uh, <laughs> a play on badass service, but um, we never really, we ended up just calling it mad service. Um, yeah. um, and with that one, it was similar, you know, a lot of similar questions. We try to keep it easy. We don't want to sit in front of somebody for hours. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm trying to trying to get everything out of them. Usually you can tell um, if somebody is going to um, well, you know as much as I do, when you're when you're interviewing, you're not looking to instill these core values into somebody. Mm. You're looking to see if they've got them at all. Exactly. And so um, you know with service is you know, have you ever have you ever served someone? What does it mean to serve someone in your eyes? Um and then on the, um, let's see, we did more like the busiest bees, like, you know, what is, what does that mean to you? What do you think of when you think of busiest bees? Cause the reason that I chose that imagery is that, you know, there's no lazy bees, like there's no, mm -hmm. you know, a hive of bees doesn't have, uh, they have hierarchy, which is important, right? But every bee has a job to do and every bee does his job. Uh, otherwise the whole thing falls apart. And so, um, you know, we, we try to, we try to get out of them what they, what they think of as bees, you know, if they say, oh, well, you know, they make honey and it tastes good. You know, that's, you know, I don't want that as yeah. an employee. What I want them like, oh man, it's, it's this dynamic infrastructure where you've got the queen and she's running the show and you've got all the workers and they're going out and collecting. And, you know, that's what I want from them. I want them to understand like everybody's got a role to play. Mm -hmm. And if they have that understanding, then, uh, and then, uh, as well as how they how they view the other um, core values, if they can grasp them, then they're likely a better fit than somebody who's like, I don't know any superheroes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never done anything nice for anybody. Well, good luck in your yeah. search for employment. It's just not yeah. gonna, not going to be here. Now, there's places for everybody, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, there's places for everybody, and then there's some people that you know, to kind of play on the analogy of a, of a restaurant, a kitchen here, like your core values are the ingredients that you're working with, you know, I mean, salt and sugar look a lot the same, but I guarantee if I were to follow <laughs> one of your recipes and, and swap one for the other, we're going to wind up with a disastrous result here. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it looks it's like a, on the it's outside. A viral it's, offense. 
<laughs> right. It matters what it truly is to the core. Um, well, talk to me a little bit more about, you know, having a five-star company culture, what type of impact that has on your customer experience on creating, you know, we want to create raving fans first with our people, right? We're all, we're all, as long as you're hiring humans and not robots, I mean, we might have some robots involved in our company, but as long as you're hiring some humans, you know, you are a human and you're a business owner, um, your human capital organization. And so your number one raving fan has got to be your team first. So you make your raving fans, your team that spills over into your customer experience. Talk to me a little bit about how that five-star company culture helps you generate more referral and repeat business, which is incredibly important, especially in the restaurant industry. Yeah. So, you know, in the, in the restaurant, we have different departments. And so the kitchen, kitchen staff rarely gets to see the customer. Um, but for the staff that engaged directly with the customer, they were empowered to, to do whatever it took or whatever they wanted um, with the customers. And so they were empowered to hand out gift cards or give away a free item here or there, um, to be friendly, be generous, be nice, um, to kind of ooze our core values on our, on our customer base. And so uh, we got lots of emails and lots of calls, text messages, even from people saying, oh, my gosh, I, you know, y'all forgot to put this in my bag, but then so-and-so showed up at the house with it because, um, you know, we would drive it. If we forgot something, we would offer to drive it. And um, that was our way to to kind of fulfill our side of that contract of you came here to get something from us and we didn't get it to you. We're going to drive it to your house as as a way to kind of fulfill our, our part of the contract. But, you know, people get blown away by that level of, of service and we want to serve at that level. And so even though you don't want to make those mistakes, when you do make them, it's a good way to, to um, kind of show the team, like, this is who we are. Like, we're going to make it like get in your car and drive that bag of chips because the people can't eat queso without chips to that person's house and drop it off and give them this gift card and say, we're so sorry about that. We'll see you next time. And um, it's not a way to, to entrap the customer. It's a way to honor, to honor them. And so uh, we got lots of, even just, you know, like people running through the parking lot, Hey, 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 you know, like you forgot your credit card, you know, and things like that. And, and people acknowledging that we're going above and beyond um, not because it's required, but because that's just who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a, as a company, like these are, these are the core values we live by, not because I, I held everybody uh, to that standard, but because that's who they were when we hired, them, you know, and hopefully mm -hmm. when you're hiring people, you get the majority of what you're looking for. Obviously you don't always win in the interview process. You're always going to have some of those who don't quite fit. Um, and you do your best you best you can with them to try to get them to to live out the core values, but eventually they find their way out um, one way or another, and and you just keep hiring and trying to get the best people possible. So forty years experience in the restaurant industry, uh, you've you, you're now starting a new uh, project, some new consulting with um, restaurateurs, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners to help them kind of overcome some of the, the daily battles and the, the, the long-term, you know, marathon hurdles that you have to overcome. Um, and you, you know, you choose to make a positive impact in that way. Talk about some of the things, uh, 
that you can help restaurant owners with that, um, yeah. you know, they're, that they're struggling with, mm-hmm. whether it be defining core values, whether it be hiring and, and, and training, whether it be creating exceptional customer experiences, what are some of the areas of expertise that you're now sharing with others? So there's no doubt that my wheelhouse is the kitchen. Like I am a chef and um, I can create some, some pretty decent food and I know how a kitchen operates. And so one of the ways I can help is just with kind of the nuts and bolts of kitchen operations, right? Do you have the right pieces of equipment and tools to get the job done? Are they designed in a way that allows good flow for your staff? Do you have recipes? Uh, you'd be surprised at how many people like just, you know, make that. Well, how do I make it? Well, you'll figure it out kind of a thing. And uh, are you, do you have a good grocery ordering system and inventory system? So just a lot of that kind of administrative and physical cooking aspect uh, of it, I think I can help quite a bit. So the other thing that, that I have found to be true of, of owner-operated single unit or even two or three unit operations is they don't have things like a vision or core values or anything that kind of drives the or steers the ship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that's important to note is that they don't even know that those things exist and are capable of helping them in a big way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like having those those core values, which and and a vision, which then drive goals, which then drive uh, processes on how to achieve are really game changers in getting from one place to another. Like if you're going in every day and just saying, hey, we're going to have some business today, make sure we cook it all correctly and serve the customers. And then you go home the next day, you're going to end up doing that for the next 50 years. And if that's what you want, that's okay. But if you want mm-hmm. more and you want higher morale, um, better, better employees, uh, maybe even better profits than having those, um, those foundational things like core values, a vision goals, um, processes are key. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so one I of my I can help. I think I can help with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the systems and the processes, like you said, I mean, helps protect your margins and your profits and your sanity, really. Um, and I think you you've you've kind of danced around the topic several times through this conversation that, you know, if 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 all that you see yourself doing is showing up to work and just, you know, checking a box and completing a task, um, there's not much meaning in that. There's not much purpose. And the, and, and the purpose and the meaning is where we, we, we dig deep and we go that extra mile and we drive the bag of chips to someone's house. You know, uh, you know, here at Rockerbox, what we do every day is, is not sexy. It's not glamorous. You know, I've, I've always envied the restaurant industry because everybody loves food, right? We, we got to eat at least three times a day. Some people even more than that. I mean, there's, there's, there's cable television networks that, that stream 24 hours a day, food, food, food. Everybody loves it. Well, here at Rockerbox, we're on the phones all day. We're calling internet leads, you know, in real estate. And so it's not that fun and exciting and sexy, but that's the difference maker in our business is that we've made the work meaningful and fun and rewarding for everybody. And, you know, one of my favorite books is uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And so if you think about the bullseye of what you do, you could say, well, what we do is we, you know, we identify motivated buyers and sellers. Well, how do you do that? Well, we call them and we text them and we email them. And if it ends with that, that doesn't sound that exciting. <laughs> and so the question you ask yourself is, well, why do you do that? And so at, at Rockerbox, we've defined from the very beginning, we've been a purpose-driven organization that our why, our purpose, our meaning is to move people forward. You know, we move people forward through the sales pipeline, you know, because we take all these cold leads and we, we warm them up and pass off the, the hot leads to our clients. 
But the impact that that work makes on the people involved in it is our clients get to accelerate their you know, real estate career. They get to work with motivated buyers and sellers instead of working with cold buyers and sellers. And you know, the team owners that, that hire us to do this type of work allows them to focus on higher income producing activities to expand their business and expand their lives and, and, and do the things that they want to do. Uh, but what's really cool is to see the result that this, that this work has on all the people that are doing it on a day in and day out basis. Again, we're here in College Station, Texas, which I'm sure you heard Peter mention is home to Texas A&M University. So all of our callers, all of our team members are students at Texas A&M. And so they come to us and they, they learn some real world skills, you know, the, the fundamental 101 sales tactics and strategies that help accelerate their young professional career. So by the time they walk the stage, they've got multiple job offers. They're getting paid more than their peers. Sometimes they skip entry-level positions because of the experience and the expertise that they've developed here. So that is, again, you got to start with why. Why do we do what we do? Well, our purpose is to move people forward. Oh, well, how do you do that? Well, we call and we text and we email leads. And and what is that? What is the result of that? Well, the result of that is we identify motivated buyers and sellers. So same thing in the restaurant industry. If you just say, hey, we make tacos, well, how yeah. do you do that? Well, you you know, you put this on the burner and you flip this and do that right there. And that's all the meaning and purpose that you have. Then that's going to be tough to get top quality talent to attract your business and to stick around. It's going to be tough for customers to really be able to explain to their friends why it is that they love your, your restaurant. Uh, and it's going to be tough for you as a business owner too, to get yourself out of bed every day and be motivated to, to go and stick it out. So I love that book, Start With Why. It sounds like we're very much cut from the same cloth of having that yeah. purpose and that meaning first. Yeah, you need those compasses, right? So for us, our, our our core purpose was mad about you and you mad about us. And so referencing the customer, like we're mad about you because this is why we're here. You know, mm -hmm. for me personally, it's like I've created something from nothing in terms mm -hmm. of the brand and 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 the food that I make. And what I mean, you walked in here to get something that I created. What an honor. Like I'm mad mm -hmm. about you know, and, and through what I'm doing here, I want you to be mad about us. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of always one of our compasses along with how do we do that with through legendary tacos, legendary margaritas and our legendary people. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of how we were always able to kind of stay focused on who we were. So any limitations to people that you're working with? Is it, is it geographic to Texas or people outside uh, of the state? No, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought that big. I would go anywhere in Texas for sure. And likely I would go anywhere outside of the state if, if I was called to, I, I, I don't mind traveling. So yeah. I would, I would really just want to help people, you know, yeah. help people be better, um, open their eyes to what the possibilities are, uh, through just some simple, I mean, you know, this, like, these are simple, um, um, concepts, you know, creating mm -hmm. more values. I mean, it takes some work, but, but little things like that, that can move the needle substantially. Like I, I want to teach people how they can, how they can make their work life better by just implementing a few little processes and foundational, um, concepts. Yeah. That's huge. It's the small changes that equal the big results. You know, you're not looking for the, the huge change that has a, a, a tiny little result. And I think a lot of times when people are thinking about taking on, you know, a consulting relationship or a coaching relationship, they think, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to have to tip this thing upside down and shake everything loose. But that's really not what, what, what a lot of businesses need. They just need a few, you know, tweaks and adjustments and, uh, 
um, and be able to correct and continue and, and point the ship in a, in, in a slightly different direction that can, that can create huge, huge results. So if somebody is interested, they're a restaurant owner or they aspire to open a restaurant, you know, a passion project, how would they get a hold of you, Peter? So I, I have a, a, a website, pmaddens.com. Uh, they can contact me through there. And the uh, email associated with it is peter at pmaddens.com. Gotcha. That's pmaddens, M-A-D-D-E-N-S.com. And then hit up here on his email as well. Peter, it's been so great to have you here on the show. Uh, any last thoughts or feedback for our audience here? If you listen to the Five Star Company Culture Podcast. Um, I'm sorry that you're not going to get to enjoy Mad Taco anymore, but <laughs> I'm moving on to bigger and better things. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's other ways for us to impact people and, um, it's very admirable what you're doing, uh, and, uh, excited to see well, where you're going to be at just a year from now, you know, me too. So, yeah. Thanks again, guys, as always for joining us, uh, continue to stay tuned in. Don't worry. We'll have more amazing guests to shine the light on what the importance of having a five-star company culture in your business is. So, uh, thanks again, Peter, for joining us. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Five Star Company Culture with Josh Cunningham. Embrace these lessons to elevate your business and join the ranks of thriving organizations. Stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, remember, culture is the key to your success.